Now, let me be clear here. The goal, the absolute goal of business is to make money, 100%, right? Like literally why it's like called a for-profit business or a non-profit business, right? You're for-profit, right? You're trying to make money. That is the goal of businesses to make money. However, unless you have both human capital and financial capital, you should not be creating a business you're not passionate about. Why? Because you'll be stuck doing the work of something that you don't want to do. Right now, if you identify a market opportunity and you have stacks in the bank, you can say, you know what? Wow, that's a a car wash business over there in that side of town. Oh, my gosh, it would kill. Let me take this 50 grand, open it up, find some employees. Boom, boom, boom. Find a manager. Right. And let me just let that thing run. And then they they just cut me a check when it's time for me to get paid. If you got that, do, do your thug dizzle. Welcome to the Uncensored Show with your host, George Atchampal where we share the mindset, tips, tools, strategies, and stories on how to use your money to do more of what you love and what you were called to do. Money is like gas on a road trip. Sure, you need it to get where you're going, but you're not going on a tour of gas stations. Money fuels your journey. The question is, what's yours? Live life uncensored. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Podcast. And we are at episode 90. We are in the home stretch for 100 episodes. And I have something in my mind that I want to do, right? That I think would be super cool. But if I'm actually serious about it, I better... uh, I better get planning because it's definitely nothing you would expect. Um, So I definitely better start mapping this out if I actually intend to do it. But anyways, guys, how are you? As I'm recording this, uh, we are awaiting the election results. We don't know if we're going to have four more years of the Trump train or I should say the trash train (laughs) or four years of the Biden bus. Is that a thing? <laughs> Definitely not a thing. I just made that up. But anyways, man, all that stuff is underway. So by the time this airs on Friday, hopefully it's all been resolved, but I, I won't hold my breath. Um, so first and foremost, just want to start off with some housekeeping. And as you know, I'm committed to shouting out the wonderful reviews that we receive on the show. So I wanted I wanted to shout out a quick review from another good friend of mine. So thank you. Right. Thank you, TJB. I know I have a lot of listeners who I don't know, um, which I hope to change, but it's really refreshing to see people that you actually know, listen to your stuff because, you know, they, they they don't have to people around you, um, are get familiar and they're like, Oh, that's my homeboy. I can text him. I can call him. He's right down the street. And, you know, maybe they don't always appreciate the things that you do, not intentionally, but just proximity. Right. So it's always refreshing to see, people who I actually know and love um, checking out my stuff. So let's read this review. There are a few episodes I've listened to several times over because they have been full of gems and quality information. Love the vibe from the host and the guests are always on point. Worth checking out every episode. Man, really appreciate that. Thank you so much for that review, TJB. 
drinks on me. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not forcing anybody's hands. So it's really, really cool when these are organic and I don't even know that they've done them because they're not texting me for, you know, recognition. They're just, you know, leaving a genuine review. So really, really appreciate that. And of course, there's a ton of reviews for people I don't know, um, but really cool to see the ones from people that I do. All right, guys, well, let's get right into it. Um, on this week's episode, we are going to talk about six reasons why you should leave money on the table, right? So that's probably an unpopular opinion because everybody's telling you to get every bag you can, get this money, don't leave nothing on the table, come, what, what is it, uh, know your worth and then add tax, like all this stuff, right? Which I agree with, I'm not disagreeing with it, but I also think there needs to be a little bit of context as to when it does make sense to leave money on the table, right? So there's this uh, quote that I've coined. And the quote says, there are some bags that I do not want because of the baggage that comes with it. I'll repeat that one more time. There's some bags that I do not want because of the baggage that comes with it. And now that I say that out loud, I feel like I said that um, on another episode, but I, I could probably say it every week to remind you that it's okay to leave money on the table. And a good friend of mine, Maya Elias, um, one of the things that she says, she actually says that um, it's okay to leave money on the table when it's not yours, right? It's okay to leave money on the table when it's not yours. So let's get into it. All right, first and foremost, when it comes to the, the different things that you do in life, um, I guess we could say career-wise or for business, you know, there's there's really three different buckets that you could think about. You can think about what you're actually doing right now, what you could be doing, and what you should be doing, right? So in the context of my example, what you are doing right now, let's say that that's just like what you're doing, right? It's like, okay, I'm good at this thing or you know, I've always done it or, you know, this is just what's in front of me at the moment. And that is what I'm currently doing. In a perfect world, what you are doing aligns with what you should be doing, right? Because you don't want to have to should yourself to death, right? Get it? <laughs> you don't want to have to should yourself to death. So you want to get to a point where what you are doing aligns with what you should be doing. And we'll talk about that in a second. So what are you doing right now? Right. Because some people, maybe they're doing things that they don't want to do. Maybe they have a plan for things that they want to do. But right now, that's just not it. Right. For the sake of this example, what are you doing right now? The next question is, what could you be doing? Right. And for the sake of this example, could be doing is like, OK, some of this job I really don't like. Right. That's what are you doing? So what could I do to just get me out of that job? Right. What is something that people have always told me I'm good at? What's something I know I can just come up on a bag on real quick, right? There are endless things that you could be doing. This is the danger zone, right? Because if you have a little bit of ambition to start anything, then that means you have the potential to do everything more than likely, right? Because mo in most cases, all it takes is courage, to do anything, right? And so if you're one of the people who actually have enough courage to go out and do something, that means that if you start venturing in this could bucket too long, you'll just find so many different things that you could do, right? You did your, your cousin's hair one time and now you want to put, you know, hairdresser for booking in my bio, right? You could technically do it because you did do it before and someone liked it. You made a cake that was really tasty before. Could you start 
a baking business? I, I guess you could if you wanted to, right? But like that just becomes a slippery slope, right? You start just doing anything for money. And the problem with that, which we'll get into the actual steps, is that, of course, number one, you're probably not called to do those things. And so while it's cool to be able to say, I got money doing 30 different things, you're probably going to find yourself in a very precarious situation. And we'll talk about specifically what that looks like in a moment. And then you have what you should be doing. So for the context of this example, what you should be doing is you've identified like, man, or like, let's say right now you're dipping in all three. I got a job that I, you know, I kind of want to get out of. So because of that, I started doing some stuff just to make money, right? You know, maybe I took the skill set from my job because that's like everybody's natural transition. I'm in this career. Let's take me, for example. So I'm a financial advisor and I say, you know what? I'm doing it for this bank or this company. Let me go out and do it on my own, right? Boom. So now I'm doing that on my own. But at some point down the road, I might realize that that might not necessarily be what I should be doing. That might have just been the skill set that I possessed professionally, but I identified that my calling was something different, right? And so then what happens is, in some cases, again, you're doing that, like, you know, for work, right? That's what you are doing. And then maybe you transition into that's what you could be doing to get out of the thing that you don't want to do anymore or in the way that you um, were doing it, right? And then you realize, well, shoot, all I did was create another job for myself that's actually more work. Because when you think about it, whatever profession you have, almost in all situations, unless you are really passionate about it, in almost all situations, even if you are, you're going to end up taking on way more hats when you do it for yourself. When I'm, when I'm a financial advisor at a bank, right, guess what? I go into the office, I work hard, and then I leave. When I'm a financial advisor for myself, right, especially when you first start out, you're the head of marketing, you're the head of operations, you're the head of sales, you're the head of everything. So now you effectively created a cage for yourself just by doing what you could. Now, really, for the sake of this example, I like to think about this could be doing category more so like, how can I put it? Um, just like odd jobs. Or like I said earlier, like you did hair one time and now you're trying to get paid to do hair. Not necessarily a transition from doing it you know, professionally and then turning into a business, because I think that is a reasonable and logical transition. Right. And then from there, you might evolve and identify that you were called to do a greater things. Like, for example, I think one of the things I mentioned on another podcast episode is I don't have to be a financial advisor to have impact on people in the on their finances. Right. And so, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that transition. You just want to be mindful of like these just one off things that you just could do because your cousin Pookie said, hey, man, we can go flip these houses. And then somebody else said, hey, man, we can start this credit business. And someone else says, hey, man, we can, you know, start this lawn care company. Right. You could you could do it. I'm not going to lie to you. You could do it. The question is, should you? Because ideally, again, you get to a place where what you are doing and what you should be doing are one and the same, and you completely eliminate what you could be doing. Because you just you just don't even want to entertain that. It's like, okay, let me burn that bridge. I know what I should be doing, and now I'm going to go all in on that. But sometimes you can't just jump there, but if you have the ability to focus on that, that's going to put you in a much better position.
What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another segment of Fix Your Finances Friday, where each and every Friday we help you identify at least one thing that you can do to improve your finances. And on this Friday, I want you to go to your email and check your start uh, folder. I want you to go to uh, your social media and check your post that you saved. I want you to go to your camera roll and check the post that you or excuse me, check the things that you've screenshotted. And I want you to implement and execute on at least one thing that you've been sitting on far too long. All right. You don't want to have a million dollars worth of game, but a penny's worth of execution. Oftentimes we are sitting on all the gems that we need to be able to take our lives to the next level. So I'm not asking you to read an entire book. I'm not asking you to take an entire course. I'm actually I'm asking you to do one small thing that you've been sitting on that you can implement to improve your life and ideally your finances. So let's talk about exactly why you should leave money on the table, right? First and foremost, imposter syndrome extreme, right? But this is actually like justified imposter syndrome. So when you start dabbling in stuff that you have no business dabbling into, now it's one thing if you try something out because you're trying to learn if this makes the most sense for you or you're trying to, you know, venture into a new area and acquire skill sets. That's different, right? You're going to have imposter syndrome, But when you knowingly venture down a path that's not for you and you're just doing it because you can make some money, you're really going to feel like an imposter in that space. Right. You're going to feel very um, you're not going to feel confident. Right. Because you are just here to collect the check, make money, and you don't really possess the desire to even become an expert or be the best in that space. You're just doing it because you can. So. One reason why you should leave money on the table is if you if you don't want to feel like you don't belong, right? Because you know you're already going to have enough of that as an entrepreneur anyway, right? It's like at every level, you know, you're going to question, you know, should I be here? Should I be in this room? Should I be at this table? So if you're at a table that you know you don't even want to be at or shouldn't be at, but you're just trying to get money, the last thing you want to do is do that because you're really going to feel like an imposter, right? And at the end of the day, even if you're getting money in a different area. Your, your reputation is your reputation. And let's say that you're really good in one with a uh, graphic design and then you try to like start a bookkeeping business on the side and you sucked at it. And if someone comes across, you say, hey, I think I'm about hiring so-and-so for th- this graphic work. And someone says, well, hopefully she's better at graphics than she was at bookkeeping because a uh, girl, sis, bro, right? That person... They're, they might overlook the fact that you're really good at bookkeeping and think you're a bad business person, right? So don't forget that if you drop the ball in other areas, that could follow you even into the areas where you shine really well at, right? Let's say like I'm a really good financial educator. Like I'm just so passionate about talking about money and I've, won, and I've gotten results and I got the proof, but maybe I, I, got, I get to a place where I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't really need to be behind the scenes doing the advisory work anymore, right? But what happens if, that, if I let, allow that to happen before I make the transition? Then guess what? People are like, well, I see him talking, but girl, when I hired him, it took him five weeks to get back to my emails, right? And you don't want that. So you just have to really make sure that you're doing things where you want to show up and you can show up the best, Right? Another reason why you want to leave money on the table is burnout. 
right? I can almost guarantee you that you'll be overworked because you're spending just as much time trying to deliver a product or service as you are trying to figure it out because you you, you constantly like are doing new stuff. Guess what? You got to figure out new uh, procedures, new processes, new systems. Think about it's almost like starting a new job, right? When you start a new job, you got to learn, you know, the company culture. You got to learn the systems. You got to learn the tools. So every time you just do something just because you can, it's like you're basically in the uh, what's that? The pro- probationary period of a new job all the time, right? You never have time to get in a groove and really master something, right? So you should absolutely leave money on the table just so you don't burn out and overwork yourself because you know how exhausting it is trying to learn something new and actually do the work at the same time. And that's exactly the scenario that you'll find yourself in if you constantly just do stuff because you could do it. All right. So what's another reason? Lack of fulfillment. Right. The great Tony Robbins once said that success without fulfillment is failure. Right. So lack of fulfillment. Now, here's the deal. It is really, really hard to be fulfilled by something that you weren't called to do. Right. Fulfillment generally comes from impact. Let me give you a prime example of this. So. I can't I can't say too much about it because it's hush hush right now, but I got nominated for something recently and I'll share more when I can share more. And what I got nominated for has absolutely nothing to do with me and everything to do with my leveraging my platform to be able to help other people. And I can't tell you how excited I am and how fulfilling that already feels. Right. Because. It's something that's bigger than me and it's for a bigger cause, right? Because I know the impact that it's going to have. I'm not going to receive a dollar for it, right? But the impact that it's going to have did something to me on the inside, right? And so you don't, whenever you do something that you weren't called to do, there's a strong chance that you're going to have a lack of fulfillment, right? Because literally you're just doing it just to collect the check, right? And I get it. Listen, I'm the money guy. I understand that money is a resource, right? We, we all have heard the intro a hundred times. <laughs> um, money is like gas on a road trip, right? I know that we need that as fuel to get where we're going, but it doesn't trump the fact that we need to try to focus on the things that we were called to do that we should be doing because that will most likely align with a source of fulfillment. Because no matter how much money you make, you can make all the money in the world. But if you are not fulfilled, if you feel like there's something that you would rather enjoy doing and you don't get a chance to do it, then you're going to be miserable. Take this podcast, for example. Right. I I think it'll say 2016 because that's like when it was technically posted. But I didn't like really promote the first episode until like July of 2017, um, I believe, or somewhere around. That. It, it might have been like, I don't know, early 2017 or something. But it was it was. 2017 for the most part, right? And so I've been doing this at the end of the, let's see, end of 20, almost three years, right? Almost three years I've been doing this. And this is not a revenue driver for me. Now, I do make ancillary revenue from it, right? Because I, I'm using this to amplify my voice and ultimately, like, that helps people learn about me and what I do. And, and it feels like we're building a relationship and then it ultimately ends up driving 
opportunities. So I have gotten paid for my podcast in that sense, but not in the sense of like, I take on these big sponsorships and brand collaborations and things of that nature. Something I will be doing though. <laughs> Stay tuned. But um, not something that I was ever really pressed about, right? I just showed up, continued to do this podcast. And I said, hey, if I can keep doing this, you know, consistently for probably, you know, a couple of years or so, then that lets me know this is something I actually want to do. Because think about that. If you can do something, you know, at this point weekly and not be worried about a paycheck, that can tell you that this is something that you just want to do. And then when you have that, right, it's like, okay, well, that means I can probably get really good at it. If I can get really good at it, I can definitely get paid for it if I want to. But the key is this, who you serve does not have to be who pays you. Let me repeat that. Who you serve does not have to be who pays you. So I am serving my listeners by providing this value to you, getting guests. Like it costs money to produce a podcast. It, I, I have to pay for the equipment. I have a podcast editor. We pay for software that we use to create the graphics. When I have like the little video clips, I'm paying somebody to do it. So technically I'm losing money on the podcast, right? In that sense, right? If I'm just looking at a tangible one for one. However, this gives me the ability to not only amplify my voice that makes me money in other ways, but gives me more impact and fulfillment, right? And so you, whatever you do in life, you want to have something that provides fulfillment. Now, maybe you, you, you know, put yourself in a situation to where you have another way to just, you know, make money. That's just your cash cow so that you never have to put pressure on your passion, right? Because I think where people go wrong is they, you know, they just assume that they're going to be able to monetize their passion from day one. And then when they don't, they get frustrated in the very thing that they're passionate about now is a source of pain, right? So be very mindful about rushing the process of trying to monetize the thing that you're passionate about, because you might start to resent the thing that you're passionate about. Instead, right, be strategic, figure out how you can make sure that you can cover your expenses, you know, and manage your lifestyle accordingly. But give yourself the space to just do what you want to do. Like um, capitalism has given us this idea that we shouldn't spend any time on anything unless there's a check attached to it, which is crazy, right? You might just really enjoy something and there's a strong chance that a check could come from it, but just do it because you enjoy it. Let's look at athletes. I know I've used this analogy before or actors. There's a reason why they get paid the big bucks, Right? When they're kids, they decide, like, this is what I want to do. And even if they set out on the journey, like, I want to get paid from this, they go, let's take athletes, for example. So you start, you know, playing around the playground. You probably, probably as soon as five, you know, probably younger than that, shooting around in the Fisher-Price goal. But let's just say conservatively from elementary school, right, until college. So we're looking at at least... 12 plus years, rough or you know, give or take, rough math, 12 plus years of doing something before you even have the consideration that you're going to get a check. Remember, college players don't get checks. High school players don't get checks. Middle school players don't get checks. And they're going at it for all these years, some of them with the, with the hope that they'll make it to the big, you know, big leagues one day, and some just because they love the game, Right. But many people in the business world, it's like, man, I mean, I'm, I'm three months in. I ain't seen a check. What's going on? Right. So you got to keep going. Like, just I want you guys to remember that. And I just did. A, I was doing a walk just not too long ago tonight. 
And regardless of what you think about Trump or Biden or any president that we've ever had, but let's take the current president and the presidential hopeful. They have been, they're both in their 70s, if I'm not mistaken, right? And the president is the most important job that arguably anyone could ever have, right? And here they are in their 70s, still pursuing that goal in their 70s. Think about that. Joe Biden has been a politician for how many years? 47 years? 47. And you know, you've got to know that in his, at some point, very early on in his life, he thought to himself, it would be nice one day to be the president. Almost every politician, almost everyone, gets into politics to drive, to create change. And, and I would be hard pressed to believe that anyone that is serious about politics and starts very young doesn't have that desire in their heart that, man, it'd be nice if one day I made it all the way to the top, right? Made it all the way to the top. Maybe some people just want to be governor or mayor or whatever, but I'm almost certain most folks had that glimmer in their eye, like, man, I want to be, I want to be a president, right? So for 47 years in this game, in his 70s, pursuing the, the, the highest office in the land, right? Now, granted, he got paid along the way. So I'm not saying like athletes don't get paid. I'm not saying actors didn't get paid. But my point of saying this is when you look at your ultimate goal, it takes time. And there's a lot of practice and process in between that that's required before you get there, right? Imagine saying at 70, I'm going to be pursuing the th something I haven't obtained yet at 70. And many of us, you know, late 20s, early 30s want to have a, a, a midlife crisis, so to speak, um, because things aren't going quite according to plan yet. Keep going. You know what allows you to keep going? Fulfillment. If you enjoy, if you genuinely enjoy, it's like, okay, well, cool. Well, it doesn't matter if a trophy's attached to it or not. I actually enjoy it. So just to reel it in, because I feel like I went off the guardrails a little bit, fulfillment is one reason to leave money on the table. If you have an opportunity to do something that fulfills you, but maybe like you wouldn't be able to do that if you, if you took more money elsewhere for something else, be mindful of that because fulfillment is very, 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 very important. All right, so what is another reason why you should leave money on the table? Lack of innovation, right? So don't do what's possible or what, you're, or what you have the potential to do. Do what you're positioned to do. Because think about it. Innovation comes from this, this creative spirit of like, aha, right? Like, and to have like innovation, you probably have to keep tinkering with stuff you have to like identify a problem or a pain point, and then you decide how you can innovate something because you have had an experience with something and you have seen a better way. But when you just try to go out and say, you know what, I could do that, or it's possible to do that, instead of what you're positioned to do, there's a strong chance you're not going to be able to innovate, right? Because you're just coming in from the surface level without that context of what the deep rooted problem is or the challenge is, you just are kind of spot, uh, spotting it from the outside looking in thinking you know something, right? Or you, somebody told you that, you know, there was this, this new business frontier and you're like, you know what, I could probably build that or do that. But you didn't really have the context to know if this is something that you should be solving, right? You need to ask yourself that question. 
How am I uniquely positioned to solve it? And if I'm not, just because I could get paid doesn't mean I should be doing it. Because there's a strong chance I'm going to have a hard time innovating, iterating, and evolving, right, that particular product, service, or whatever it is I'm trying to create, right? When you do something just to do it, I can almost guarantee that you'll probably have a lack of innovation. All right. What is another reason to leave money on the table? Lack of execution, right? Again, if you are just doing something to be doing it, there's a strong chance that you probably lack the technical acumen to do it at a high level, right? It's just surface level. Like it takes years. It takes time in the game to be able to do things the right way. When you're just coming in like, ooh, that looks like a good way to make money, and you don't have the context of the depth and the gravity of the, or the nuance of a situation or a problem, then you probably aren't going to do your best work, right? So you absolutely have, you have an obligation to leave money on the table if you're not the right person for the job. Imagine like seeing an opportunity um, in tax planning or something and you're like, ooh, I'm going to be a tax planner because people will pay big money for that. That's where people pay the big bucks. But you don't understand the tax code. You don't understand the loopholes, right? You're playing with people's money, right? As you can see, when you have a good good tax planner, you can pay zero taxes like Donald Trump, right? And imagine like you just trying to venture into the space because someone's willing to pay you for it and you don't know what the heck you're doing, right? So lack of execution is 100% a reason why you should leave money on the table. And most importantly, most importantly, the number one reason why you should leave money on the table is if doing that work will make you unhappy. There's plenty of ways to make money. So many ways to make money. But imagine being rich or being well off, but you wake up every day unhappy, every day overwhelmed, every day unfulfilled. Right. That's just a miserable state. Now, let me be clear here. The goal, the absolute goal of business is to make money. 100 percent. Right. Like literally why it's like called a for profit business or nonprofit business. Right. You're for profit. Right. You're trying to make money. That is the goal of business is to make money. However, unless you have both human capital and financial capital, you should not be creating a business you're not passionate about. Why? Because you'll be stuck doing the work of something that you don't want to do right now. If you identify a market opportunity and you have stacks in the bank, you can say, you know what? Wow, that's a help that a car wash business over there in that side of town. Oh, my gosh, it would kill. Let me take this 50 grand, open it up, find some employees. Boom, boom, boom. Find a manager. Right. And let me just let that thing run. And then they, they just cut me a check when it's time for me to get paid. If you got that, do do your thug dizzle, right? Like Warren Buffett, prime example, like he, he goes out and buys. I'm pretty sure he's not passionate about all. He understands the business, right? But he buys businesses that he believes can be profitable. He doesn't have to, to love them. Why? Because he owns them, right? The wealth building formula, save money, invest in assets, acquire businesses. He owns them. He doesn't run them. So it's okay, cool. If that's you, if you daddy Warbucks, right, then cool. Go buy you some businesses, run up a bag, 
and do your thing. And I, and I do have some things that I do that for myself, right? Like I own, I'm a private investor in five companies. Now, you know, thinking about it, I'd say two of them I'm passionate about, but not passionate enough to run them, right? I just think they're great market opportunities and there's a great leader at the helm. I'm like, yeah, I'll throw some money at that. Stock market's another great example of that, which is why everybody should invest. When you invest in the stock market, you have the best CEOs in the world working for you. Don't you get that? Right? So that, that you can do. But for the small guy, for the everyday person, for the person who actually has to wake up and do the work, you shouldn't be starting businesses and doing businesses that don't make you happy. Because if you do, and you're the one doing all the work, it's going gonna, it's gonna to put you in a very unpleasant space, right? Leave money on the table, folks. It's okay. Contrary to popular belief, it's okay to leave money on the table. It's okay to not to live up to your potential because you could potentially do everything. But it's much better to live up to your purpose and what you actually should be doing, right? Imagine walking into Chick-fil-A and like, yo, what's up with this quarter pounder though? Like imagine if you, you know, Chick-fil-A was open and then like just, just because 20 people walked in and was like, yo, about that, about that quarter pounder though, you was like, what would, what would you think about Chick-fil-A if they was like, you know what? Bet. I'll be right back. Went down to the grocery store, bought some meat, and then, you know, threw them suckers on the grill and said, you know, because people came to our door and said that they wanted a quarter pounder, we decided to create it. Absolutely not. You would look at them like they was crazy. And then number one, it wouldn't even work because the reason why fast food restaurants or great businesses work is because they have systems and they're predictable. They do the same thing. It doesn't matter who steps in. It's a system. So another reason why if I throw a bonus one, right, you can't scale something that is not predictable. So if you keep just taking on one off this, I job that like it is impossible. I'm telling you right now because I went through it myself. It's impossible to scale something that's not predictable. So you absolutely have to leave money on the table because every time you try to add something new, that means you got to add a new system, a new process. Right. And how, how are you going to ever scale when at every turn, like I talked about earlier, Right. Like you're continuing to add new processes and systems and procedures. Right. You got to leave money on the table because you can't scale something that's not predictable. Right. Did you know that podcasts are one of the best and most consumed forms of content? Largely because you can probably listen to it on the go. You can listen to it while you go for a run. Listen to it while you're chilling on the couch. Listen to it while you're in the car. Heck, you can even listen to it while you're in the shower or on the toilet. And when I was thinking about that, I was like, that's probably why my podcast has a 97% listen rate in the sense that people consume about 97% of my episodes, which is phenomenal, right? And if you're a small business and you're looking to amplify your message, looking to get in front of your ideal audience, then now I am formally offering sponsorship slots on the Uncensored Podcast. We are a top 10 financial podcast ranked by Forbes. We have a phenomenal listener base. And if you want to, especially before Black Friday, you're trying to take your business to the next level of the new year. If you want to find a strategic way to promote your business, then I strongly encourage you to check out our show notes and send an email uh, to ask us and inquire about 
our early sponsorship slots. Now they will be limited because I don't want to inundate my audience. I've never opened them up before because I wanted to make sure that I prioritize the content above anything else. But I want to make sure that if you have a business that could align with what my listeners would find value in, uh, that we get you on here and get a chance to amplify your message. So um, check out the show notes if you're interested. We'd love to uh, consider you for a sponsorship slot and have you featured on our show. The value and matter of fact, shout out to my homeboy, David Shans. I can't even take credit for these bars that I'm about to say. So he did a little sketch on his notepad the other day. And he was talking about how the value, the value in anything is what it can't do or what it can't offer you. Right. Where the restrictions are, so to speak. So this is new platform called Clubhouse. Right. If you know, you know, and it's audio only. All you can do is talk. You can't DM. You can't post pictures. You can't do anything but just talk. Right. That's it. That's the value of that platform, the values and what it can't do, because guess what? That same platform came out and it had all the features of Instagram, but it also had this audio feature. Then it's like, well, I mean, that's cool. But I mean, y'all just like Instagram, but with audio, you follow what I'm saying? Like, and that's what most people try to do. It's like, ooh, what is the market doing? Let me give them everything they got plus this. No, let me just identify what they ain't got. And let me focus on that because that's going to amplify what you're doing, right? If you only are hyper-focused on the one thing that nobody else has, number one, uh, users are going to be hyper-focused because they only can do that one thing. And number two, it's going to make you stand out that much more. So the value is in what you can't do, right? It also plays into that like exclusivity thing, right? Everybody likes something that's exclusive. You can't get in, like limited number, like people like that. And so this platform did two things very well. It was an invite. It still is an invite only platform, right? Every one person gets one invite. And I actually might adopt that strategy for my social network. I don't know. I'm going to limit it. But yeah, um, you get one invite and then um, it's one feature. Audio only. These chat rooms, which I think is super, super cool. Um, so yeah, guys, more of the story is I want you to take a hard look at everything that's on your plate right now. I know that the default thought process in um, what is this uh, capitalism culture is get every possible bag you can. I know the default thought process is if I'm in a situation I don't love, let me do anything to get out of it. I know like that's what you're thinking. But the truth is this. If you've been lucky enough to kind of identify what you actually should be doing or want to be doing, if I were you, I would just go ahead and start if possible. I know, you know, everything is situational if possible. Focus your energy on that, because guess what? If you focus your energy on that, that means you're going to get there faster to doing what you actually want to do versus if it's like, okay, let me just do this thing in between. It'll kind of separate me from this other thing. And maybe it'll be a stepping stone to this other thing. And, And quite frankly, that's like a more logical path. Like, and that's a path that most people will have to take. But if you don't have to take that path. I strongly encourage you to not do it because that's just one less thing you have to unravel. And that's if you know exactly what you want to do. Most people don't know exactly what they want to do. So just go ahead and take steps in that general direction. And then if you have to change along the way, you change along the way. But as you learn and things are revealed to you, you change. Now, what I can honestly say for myself is 
every time I take a step, it's because in that moment, I'm living in my truth. Rarely ever do I take a step like, I know I don't want to do this. I'm just going to do it anyway because I can get this bag. And then I'm going to um, get this bag and then you know do, leverage it for something else. Rarely ever is that the case. For me, it's always like, this is what I believe to be true with the level of facts, context, and reality that I have today. But as soon as that changes, I'm willing to change too. And I don't care how it looks to anybody. I know my operations manager sometimes is like, dude, like three days ago, you told me we was doing this. Yeah, I know, but the facts changed. And I'd, and I, as weird as that feels sometimes, I'd rather be that guy all day long than the guy who refuses to change because he's uncertain. So it's, you know, lesser of two evils, right? It's like, okay, I can continue to proceed and evolve and pivot and adjust and change and take action. Or I can just stay status quo, doing what I'm doing, think behind the scenes, don't act, think, 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 think. And then hopefully have crystal clarity and to move forward. But I can almost guarantee you that way doesn't work out too well, right? Look at look. We all seen that meme floating around with like the Nike logo and how much it iterated. Imagine if like he create like he wasn't certain about the first logo. And was like, you know, I'm just waiting until I can really I really know what the last logo is gonna look like. We might not know Nike today, right? So you gotta just take action. I'm not saying that, but at the same token, if you were blessed enough to know what you believe your end game is, double down on that. Like if you know that you want to be a phenomenal content creator, but you don't know how you're going to monetize yet, don't take the odd job just to get out of your job. Like start creating the content. Let that be your side job, right? It's at least, excuse me, let that occupy your, your time that you would put into your side hustle. Unless you absolutely need the money or hate your job. If you hate your job, do whatever you got to do to get out of it. But if you don't hate your situation, you just have identified what you want and it kind of amplifies what you don't like about your situation, then lean in hard on what you want to do most because it'll almost have the same effect of like lessening the blow of what you don't like about your situation because you get that boost of fulfillment from doing what you love. And sometimes for some people, it's kind of a high and low. It's like, I just stepped off a high of doing what I love and I got to go back into this office or back on this Zoom call or doing doing that work. But take it. You don't have to take my advice, but I strongly encourage you to double down on what you want to do now because that's only going to help you get to being good at it, becoming the best at it, and ultimately getting paid for it. All right, guys, I hope all this was helpful. I hope you guys have a stress-free weekend. And as always, I thank you for tuning in to the episode. Thank you for tuning in to an episode of the Uncensored Show. Take at least one thing you heard today and apply it to your life immediately so that you can become one step closer to living a more meaningful and fulfilling life and aligning your resources to what matters most to you. Remember, money is just a resource to fuel your journey. The question is, what's yours?